So as they say in boxing, here's the tale of the tape. They have more capital, better brand recognition, and have been in the game for over 50 years. You have $2 in your account, a questionable logo, and you just incorporated last month. Here's the question. Can your company compete with theirs? Of course it can. Many startups with big ideas die due in large part to feeling as if they cannot compete. They don't believe that they can find a niche in a market that their well-funded and well-known counterpart dominates. So instead of giving in, let's see if we can give them hell. My name is Dominic Lawson, and this is The Startup Life. Let's begin. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother... Life is brought to you by OWLS. If you are a high-impact organization, school, small business, or nonprofit, and you are in need of professional development or strategy in your organization, you can reach OWLS at 901-857-4818 or visit our website at www.askowlsllc.com. OWLS will also be the home to our new online school, the OWL Academy, coming soon. All right, Startup Nation, so I hope you're ready to receive some value today. Far too often as small business owners, we think, well, like small business owners, and we think we're only competing with the person up the street or across town. But actually, you're competing with, well, basically everybody in the marketplace and everybody that's, that does what you do. Even if they're blue chippers, they just IPO, it does not matter. But you don't have to feel intimidated because they've been in the game longer. You don't have to feel intimidated because, you know, they're more well known in the marketplace. As a small business owner, with everything at your disposal, you can compete with anybody on the planet. And so today we're going to focus on some tools to allow you to do that. So in the first segment, we'll talk about my personal favorite, using tech. If you follow Owls on any social media, you know that we love tech. And so we're going to give you a few tools in order for you to use that in your business. Next, we'll focus on creating a niche. A lot of times, the larger corporations forget about the small people that they created the company for in the first place. So as a small business owner, there's an advantage for you there. Next, we'll talk about being fast. That's an, another opportunity for the small business owner that we'll talk about a little bit more in depth. So Startup Nation, I hope you're ready to receive some extreme value today. So let's take flight. So the first thing I want to focus on is using tech. The beauty of entrepreneurship in this day and age, in this golden era of entrepreneurship, is that tech levels the playing field. No matter how small you are, tech allows you to compete with the bigger companies in your space or in your industry, if you will. And so the first thing in tech I want to talk about is social media. I swear, social media is a godsend to the entrepreneur. Why do I say that? Well, it allows you to have basically free advertising. What small business owner you know couldn't use free advertising? So you set up an account and then you just start putting out content. And the beauty is that you can, you know, kind of like make many commercials or you can be a person who establishes credibility in your space and people will listen if it's good quality content, of course. Now, that's one thing about social media. You need to have good quality content because you want to be seen as as a leader or as experienced in your space. Now, when we talk about social media, there's a ton of platforms to use, okay? You got Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter. And to the entrepreneur, it's important to know which one is geared towards your industry, okay? So for example, if you're an artistry type, you know, or you like to make something that's pleasing to the eye, 
you know, Facebook is great, but you, you know, you also may want to consider Pinterest. Or if you're like me in the business or educational space, right now, Twitter is kind of your, your best bet. Now, you can, like I said, you can use multiple platforms like we use multiple platforms but there are certain platforms that are geared towards your space and not just towards your space but what your space or who your space is geared towards for example if you've done proper um, marketing or you've done the proper proper focus grouping uh, for your product and you understand or you've come to understand that it's millennials that's geared towards more your more geared towards your product then Snapchat is where you want to go because Snapchat is the 18 to 30 year olds who are really mostly on Snapchat than maybe on Facebook. I remember uh, my wife, we went to a, a school event and uh, she had just opened a Twitter account. By this time, Twitter had like vastly matured. And so she had just opened a Twitter account and she was telling the kid, if you want an uh, internship or more information about owls, send us a tweet. And the kid looked at her like, what do you what's a tweet and so understanding your target audience will let you know what social media platform is best geared for who you're trying to reach and where you're trying to go with your uh, business or your service and so there's a lot of platforms that i just named but let's just kind of go over them a little bit you got facebook you got twitter facebook and twitter are kind of the more matured uh social media platforms what i mean by matured is that your your older audience tends to use these platforms 50 plus, maybe 35 plus, use Twitter and Facebook. Now, I'm not saying that you can't use that for the uh, 18 to 24-year-olds or the 18 to 30-year-olds, but Facebook and Twitter is your best bet. But for th- for that 18 to 30-year-old, investigate or to research Twitter. I mean, not Twitter. My apologies. You definitely want to think about Instagram and Snapchat. Instagram and Snapchat is where that 18 to 24 or 18 to 30-year-old market depends on who you listen to these days. You definitely want to think about using Instagram and Snapchat for your business, try to reach out to them. So if you if you sell, I don't know, hoverboards or you sell uh, video games or something like that, you definitely want to think about those uh, spaces or those platforms when you're using social media. If you're somebody who creates like really nice fancy jewelry or uh, maybe cupcakes. I don't know why. You'll probably hear me talk about cupcakes throughout this show a lot, but uh, talk about cupcakes or like jewelry or something that's pleasing to the eye. Maybe uh, you have a fashion line. Pinterest is a good one to go as well to add to your arsenal. None of these platforms have to be used exclusively, but being able to uh, mix and match and know where to kind of put more resources in into can be very valuable. Now, like I said, social media for the most part is free, but if you want to get a little bit more, a little bit more pop or a little bit more penetration into that space, then you know there are opportunities to spend a little money to um, do some advertising. Um, one thing you also need to consider now that I'm thinking about it, and this is in particular to Facebook. If you have a business and you're trying to promote it, don't promote with a profile, like a profile, like where you have to set up a name, profile name, and you send personal profile requests or friend requests. For starters, it's a terrible way to market your business, okay? So right now, if you have a Facebook profile and it's like you use it for your business, you need to get rid of it. Because besides the fact that it's a terrible way to market your business, also Facebook doesn't like that. And if they, and you know, 
they won't get around to everybody, but if they see that you're using a regular personal profile to promote your business, they will shut your account down. So know that. But the main reason you don't want to use a personal profile is because you're not reaching anybody. You're not reaching anybody new. All you're talking to are your friends and family. Okay, so what you want to do is set up a business profile or a fan page, depending on what it is you do for your business. You want to set up one of those type of profiles in order to... Um, to market and penetrate, to market your business, to penetrate the market that way. Because when you do that, you're reaching new people, people you haven't met before. Now, like I said, when you when you create one of those pages, it automatically kind of shows up on people's timeline. But you can pay a little bit more. Uh, you, I'm sorry, you can pay something, and you can actually market that market your business to people um, that you are not friends with. All right, and so I think we use probably like not even a whole lot of money, like $20 a week to market uh, on Facebook from time to time. We also do a little bit on Twitter as well, but we definitely focus uh, on Facebook a lot. And that paying uh, a little bit is not exclusive to Facebook. You can also do this with Twitter. You can do this with uh, Pinterest. You can do this with Snapchat. Snapchat is um, used this thing called geo filters to where let's say you have, let's say you're at a an expo, okay? And like, let's say you... Let's use cupcakes because, like I said, I like cupcakes for some reason. Let's say you're at a, a at a at a pastry or a bakery expo, okay, and you're trying to show your wares off, if you would. It's a very <laughs> that's a very old way of saying your product, but you want to show off your wares, right? But for the most part, you're thinking that you're just you're just confined to your little booth or your little uh, kiosk or whatever it is at your expo, right? However, if you use Snapchat and you use what is called geo filters. You're able to kind of create a digital fence around the building that you're at, right? And so everybody who has Snapchat can get like an, uh, a filter or get a, a notification from you saying that, hey, if you come by our booth, you'll get 20% off or something. And so that's a way to to advertise all around that building that you're, that you're, um, that's at the expo to market your product. So GeoFilters and Snapchat is a great way to... Uh, spend a little money to advertise. And another piece of tech you may want to consider is e-commerce or e-commerce sites, if you will. For starters, you have things like Shopify, Amazon, and uh, and Etsy are all great places to start your e-commerce store. Now, what's the advantage to e-commerce? First of all, it's a growing space, okay? When you see Amazon who dominates the space right now, and they're being followed by your Walmarts and your Targets who are really starting to invest in the space because more and more people are starting to shop online. More and more people, not a lot of people are really wanting to go out to like buy things as much anymore. And so you're starting to see people uh, use e-commerce to go grocery shopping or to buy Christmas gifts or to purchase uh, household items. And so that e-commerce... Um, opportunity is not just geared towards the targets or the Amazons. You can actually get in that space and have your small business online as well. One of the beauties I love about e-commerce is that, first of all, it's not a brick and mortar store. So if it's not a brick and mortar store, what are you not paying for? You're not paying for utilities. You're not paying for rent for the space and a whole lot of other things that comes with the brick and mortar store, okay? Number two, unlike a brick and mortar store, that e-commerce store is 24 hours and it's worldwide instantly. So it's like you really don't have to be manning the counter all day 
and you can still be making sales while you sleep. If you're a small business owner, you definitely want to look into e-commerce. E-commerce is not only a growing trend, but it's a very smart uh, and business savvy tool to use in your business. The next piece of tech I want to tell you about is it really kind of is a secret weapon. Well, it's not really secret if I'm telling you about it, but I say secret weapon in the sense of like it's uh, it's new and a lot not a lot of people know about it. You know, and on top of that, even use it for that matter. There's a piece of tech called iBeacon. That's uh, small i b e a c o n iBeacon. Okay, so it's a little piece of tech that um, you can attach uh, to a brick and mortar store if you have one that sends notifications to people around it. Let me explain or give you an example of how it can be used. Let's say you use iBeacon. It's about the size of maybe a, a half dollar. Um, about, about, yeah, about that size. Okay. And so what you do is you attach it to, let's say the front of your store. Okay. You put it on the front of the store and somebody walks by and they don't go in, but they walk by and they'll get a notification on their phone that says, come into Sophie's cupcakes and we'll give you 20% off your next order of cupcakes, like your next dozen. Okay. So you can program iBeacon to make uh, instantaneous messages or make uh, messages like that that people get notifications on to help promote your business. You can also use it for, let's say, like another one inside the business. Like when you somebody walks in, like, hey, welcome to Sophie's Cupcakes. Check out what we got going on on aisle five. So iBeacon is, like I said, it's a piece of tech that can be very valuable to a business. And the crazy thing is, it's not very expensive. I've seen iBeacon devices as cheap as $15, if not cheaper than that. So like I said, iBeacon is a, is kind of a secret weapon um, for my uh, business owners who want to kind of get a jump on the competition. And like I said, it really doesn't cost a whole lot. So those are just a few pieces of tech that I kind of wanted to highlight. There's tons more out there that can be used for multiple uh, applications in your business. So I want to kind of point out a few of those before we move on to the next segment. For, uh, for starters, cloud services. Cloud services is a great way to store data and content, not on a hard drive, but can be a digital storage space to store things that, you know, you don't have to have on the hard drive. And if you have multiple devices and you need access to it, you can have access to it. Uh, cloud services is great for the small business in that regard. Also, there's tons of other websites and tech that you should uh, consider. If you're trying to uh, look for new employees, there's things called ZipRecruiter that you can use in order to um, attract new employees or find new employees, whatever that matter. If you're looking for great customer service, uh, relationship management, Salesforce is a great tool for you to use in your small business. Let's say you have a lot of projects that you have to manage and you're not really sure how to um, how manage them. And you're, you're not a project manager and you don't have a project manager on staff. They have tech called Depulse, which is a great project management tool or tech, if you will, that can help you with that. Let's say you're a small business owner and you have to take care of uh, benefits or you have to take care of tying management of your employees. Zenefits is one of those tech, uh, tech companies that can help you manage that also let's say you have let's let's use sophie's cupcakes for example again and you don't have a cash register or you're not sure how to uh, track your sales you can use a, a clover device or square or you can use uh, paypal even has one where you can manage 
not just um, manage not just your sales, um, but you can also manage, uh, like say, let's say you wanted to create a rewards program from for repeat customers. Those platforms allow you to do that. Also, let's say you haven't started your business yet and you're looking to incorporate. LegalZoom is a great place um, to go to get you know your documents to start. Or if you're trying to sell your business, LegalZoom can help you with that as well. And last but not least, if you're trying to create visual content for your business, uh, YouTube is a great platform in order to do that. Also, you do have other ones like Vimeo, but uh, I, I prefer YouTube myself. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. I hope you're getting extreme value from today's content. I really make it a point to try to arm you with all the information you need to be a successful small business owner. And with that being said, you are listening to The Startup Life. If you are a teacher looking for great resources, look no further than the Owls e-commerce store on Teachers Pay Teachers. Store name, Teaching with Owls. Enjoy great lessons based on stories from authors such as Kate Choppin's The Story of an Hour and Edgar Allan Poe's The Mask of the Red Death. And don't worry, teachers, all lessons are Common Core aligned. Let's continue. So the next thing you want to consider when you're trying to compete with the bigger fish in your market, if you will, is creating a niche. Okay, so we're going to talk about the steps to in order to do that. So the first thing you want to do is define your niche, okay? Who are you selling to, okay? And you want to be as specific as possible. Are you selling to businesses or are you selling to customers? Are you selling to high-end people or you more so want to focus on being the cheaper option in the marketplace? So defining your niche is extremely important when you're trying to compete with other corporations or larger corporations in your space. So what does that look like? So just saying you want to market to moms is not specific enough, okay? You want to say you're marketing to moms 34 to 44 um, with an income of access of $50,000 plus that live in the Southeast region. That's what you, that's an example of creating a niche or defining your niche, if you will. The next thing you want to do is clarify what you're selling. Why do I feel the need to bring that up? This seems self-explanatory, right? If you're small, starting a business, well, here's the thing. A lot of times, small business owners are afraid to miss out on a sale, so they try to offer everything under the sun. Let me give you an example. I've seen small business owners who offer tax services, a lawn service, a janitorial service, all under the same umbrella. Like, I get it if you're trying to be a conglomerate, but most conglomerates don't start off offering everything under the sun, okay? So you want to focus or clarify what you're selling, okay? Smaller is always bigger. Think of it that way. Another way to think of it is being extremely specific, okay? So you don't just want to say, I offer clothing items. You want to say, I offer t-shirts that are geared towards young men uh, ages 18 to 24 years old, okay? So you want to be that specific when you're creating a niche or defining your niche. Another thing you want to try to do is look at it, look at it from your customer's perspective. What are their likes, their dislikes? What are they looking for uh, in whatever product that you're trying to sell, okay? 
oftentimes the larger corporations kind of forget this, okay? The successful ones don't, but a lot of the larger corporations forget to do this. And so as a small business owner, this is your opportunity to infiltrate the market from that vantage point. You know, do focus groups. Ask, ask your employees what their customers are asking for. So trying to see from the customer's viewpoint or the customer's vantage point, if you will, allows you to create the correct marketing, the correct product uh, development or service in order to uh, penetrate the market and, well, ultimately make you some money, right? All right, so you've defined the niche, clarified the market, looked at it from your customer's viewpoint, and now what do you do? You make the product, okay? So is when creating the product, you keep all of those things in mind. But on top of that, you also want to, well, not cut corners, okay? Because the last thing you want to do if you're a small business owner is to cut corners and make a very cheap or low-quality product, okay? Because you will be defined by that. The crazy thing is a lot of times the larger corporations can get by on that because they can sell you on other things. But if you're the small business owner, you have to focus on that. Let me give you a quick story. Kevin Plank, founder and CEO of Under Armour and who is one of my favorite entrepreneurs to follow. Um, when he when he started Under Armour in the 90s, all he set out to do is make a really good stretchy t-shirt, okay? One that was breathable, one that didn't weigh you down when you started to sweat. That was his that was his target thing, okay? And so to think that if he had a whole bunch of these stretchy t-shirts that he wanted to create where the stitching was off or it felt funny on the skin uh, or it felt weird on your skin, he might not have been able to penetrate the marketplace like he's been able to do today. And now he has like superstar athletes that promote uh, Under Armour from your Cam Newtons and your Steph Currys and your Jordan Speeds if you're not, you know, he's a golfer if you're not familiar with Jordan Speeds. But had he not focused on high quality stretchy material or spent the money to research what materials allow you to uh, not uh, have a, a heavy shirt when it sweats, then he would not have been able to to penetrate the market and we would not know Under Armour as it is today. It might be one of those one of those many stories that we hear in entrepreneurship that it was a great idea, but it wasn't executed well. So when you're creating that product, you want to focus on doing it well, okay? Because like I said earlier, if you're a larger corporation, sometimes you can get away with it because you have other product offerings. But when you're a small business and you're limited in your product offerings, you will be remembered for that and it will get you nowhere fast. The next thing you want to do is focus group it. Test it out to see how people or what people think about your product. Um, a, a great way to do this is try it out with families and family and friends. See what they think about your product. If it's a cupcake like Sophie's products in the example early, give them a taste. Give them a free sample. See what it tastes like. They want to uh, give you feedback of like what the texture is, how sweet it is, if it's too sweet, if you can taste the other flavors in it. Like if you have lemon meringue, mango, mango cupcake or something, they you know should be able to not only taste the lemon meringue and the mango mango, but they should also... Uh, be able to tell you that the mango doesn't overtake the lemon meringue and vice versa. Like there's an even balanced kill, if you will. And that's and this can be said the same for any other product that you want to get that type of feedback from your focus group. You don't want to hear just say, oh, it's good 
or it's crap. You want to hear very deta- detailed and specific uh, information when getting that focus group uh, information back. Okay, so in creating our niche, we've defined our niche. We clarified it. We got the customer's vantage point. We understand what they're wanting. We created the product or service. We focus grouped it. And now we're ready to enter the market, okay? A lot of times entrepreneurs get scared at this phase because they feel like there's much more I have to research. There's much more I have to find out. You don't want to have paralysis by analysis, meaning that you don't want to think about it so much that you get scared to enter the market. At this point, you've probably found out everything you're going to find out outside of entering the market because that's where the true test lies okay so let's put it out there let's put it on our e-commerce site let's put it in um, our stores if if you know if you're able to pull that off sometimes that can take a little time but um but let's start to sell it and let's really see what the people think about your product or your service and if you've done all of your things and creating the niche up until this point more likely than not people are going to be receptive to it. And really quickly, right before we go to break, the last thing I want to talk to you about is um, as a small business owner, you're able to be fast. What does that mean? Well, a lot of times when you have big organizations, and we see this a lot of times in uh, government, if you will, when there's a new idea out there, okay, you have to go through this long, lengthy chain of command and these long, lengthy red tape measures and you have to go through all this policy and procedure and so a lot of times great ideas by the time it's ready to enter the marketplace or enter whatever the case may be they kind of been diluted it's not originally what it was meant to be and it kind of takes away from the spirit of what you were trying to create in the first place however when you're a small business owner there's not as much red tape there's probably not as much policy policies and procedures, even though you probably want to have some in place, but there's not as much red tape. There's not as much, you know, chain of command to kind of go through and you can enter the product or I'm sorry, you can enter the marketplace a little faster than your larger counterparts. And that's that's an advantage to you as a small business owner. Now, granted, like we talked about in the last segment about creating a niche, you don't want to put it out there too fast. You want to do the proper focus groups and the proper research Uh, in order to make sure you're going to be successful. But outside of that, like I said, there's not a lot of bureaucracy to go through. So you can just put your product out there and you can start to make money. And like as as small business owners, that's what we want to do, right? We're going to make money. How's it going, Startup Nation? When recording this episode, we gave out so much value that we lost track of time. And that's why we will conclude the conversation until next week. We make it a point not to take up too much of your time each week because we understand that, well... You're an entrepreneur and your time is extremely valuable. Anyways, we hope you found it beneficial as you march forward this week in your path to entrepreneurship. We will debut part two next Monday. And trust me, you will find it just as valuable as part one. You want to let us know what you think about the show or want to advertise on our show? Let us know in the comment section. Subscribe to our show as the startup life can now be heard on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio and SoundCloud. Also, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Owls LLC. For a behind-the-scenes look into what we do at Owls, follow us on Snapchat at Owls LLC. There, you will see our creative process and exclusive content. And hey, if you have an idea, be about that life, the startup life.